0: See, greetings once
1: again. How you doing, bud?
0: Hello, Rod. Okay, everybody ready? Camera's rolling? All right, we'll uh, go ahead and uh, start with our first weekly press conference for head coach Jeff Collins. I had a Thursday night's 8 p.m. ACC Network game at uh, Clemson. And uh, coach, if you want to open up with a statement. I'll hey, have
1: thanks, Mike. That's always confidence inspiring. Uh, when you introduce me, I felt right. like Demo and Demo, does it? We got to give you some lessons from Demo. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, really good day today. Uh, we had our Tuesday practice. Uh, when the guys walked into the building, even out there on the plaza on the Jumbotron, uh, we had to make sure they understood that today is a Tuesday and what we do is Competition Tuesday. Uh, had all the crowd noise going, uh, closed all the doors to the indoor, and we cranked the sound system up to 11. Uh, to get as loud as humanly possible for the offense and um, understand the environment that we're going into uh, on Thursday night. Uh, I think we released the ATL, the ATL list. You guys hopefully got it, and uh, it's just an understanding of, you know, who's above the line right now as we see it going into the game. I think there's 66 names. Uh, We can travel 72. Um, Doesn't necessarily mean they're all going to play – um, over 15 or 20 plays, but they're the guys that uh, we feel confident getting into the rotation uh, going forward. Uh, Mike brought up that there's, I think, 11 seniors um, on that list and I think it's third lowest in the in the country. But those seniors have uh, done a great job for us in the transition of coaching staffs, buying into the culture, buying into the work ethic that we're putting forward. And so really proud of those 11 guys um, and how they represent us uh, every single day. Uh, there's a new position, it's not a typo, there's a new position that's on the, the Georgia Tech depth chart. Uh, it's called the tight end position, initials T and E. And uh, so just excited about those four guys uh, that are on there. Uh, the last time a tight end caught a pass, Mike Flynn, uh, 2007 Colin peak, uh, my guy. Uh, so, you know, hopefully early in the season, the, the tight end position will, will catch a ball. Uh, Today, and I know uh, Kelly noticed it while we were out of practice, Um, in honor of Brandon Adams, uh, you know, tragically lost him um, back in March right before spring practice, and always looking for different ways that we can honor him and honor his family, and so each week throughout the season somebody's going to wear his jersey number. The jersey number ninety, um, in honor of Brandon. Uh, we start every every practice recognizing him. Uh, we started the team meeting today as always recognizing him and just teaching the young guys, the freshmen, uh, that. Didn't get to know Brandon, just what he meant to this program, uh, how he was such an unbelievable teammate, an unbelievable uh, member of our Georgia Tech Athletic Association. And uh, Chris Martin uh, will be the first one to wear that jersey number 90 uh, when we line up on Thursday night. And uh, the transformation that Chris has made uh, since the time that we got here in every phase of his life has been really, really impressive. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes and it speaks to – uh, you know, we talk about having a why, uh, having a purpose um, in your life or whatever it is that you choose to do. And Chris Martin is just every single day come to work, great attitude. And uh, he talks about it all the time is how much he wants to honor uh, Brandon Big B uh, in every way through his play, through how he is in the locker room, uh, through his work ethic, all those things. So just really proud of him. Uh, two guys, uh, you know, sadly missing. Um, from, the, from the depth chart and from the roster, Brad Morgan and Tajay Watley, I think we put out a release uh, the other day, but just valued members, um, you know, of our program. Uh, they, they sadly won't be playing college football anymore. Uh, Brad actually is going to help us. Um, as an organization stay around um, and help coach a little bit per NCAA rule. So excited about that. Uh, but obviously we're going to miss uh, them as players in our program uh, but wish them the best in all their future endeavors and them earning, Tazi earning his degree from Georgia Tech. Brad continuing on with his graduate studies um, here at Georgia Tech. He already has his degree, which is really, really cool. Uh, and before I would go on, the uh, – the thing that we've done, culture, branding, all of those things that we've been doing for the last nine months uh, have been really good and our guys have balled in completely and they've done a really nice job with everything. But as we go into game week, we've spent an inordinate amount of time on our processes. How we do a Tuesday practice, we've already done two of them. How we do a Wednesday practice, already done two of them how we do our Friday night travel. Uh, we've gone up to the west and so we practice what we do in the hotel the night before the games. We practice how we wake up in the morning and do our kinesthetic awareness, our special teams walkthroughs, our O and D walk We've practiced our pregame meal, our chair drill, because there's a lot of things a lot of times you could just take for granted when you're coming into a new situation with new processes, uh, we want to make sure we spend an inordinate amount of time uh, going through those rituals and going through our routines so that when we get to Clemson on Thursday night, the the environment's going to be great. College game day is going to be there. Um, And obviously it's a special environment against a great team and great players and great coaches and a great fan base. But we want to make sure that we've already done all of those things so that regardless of what environment we step into, uh, we have a process, and we have a uh, a way to do things. And last thing before I move on, um, it's going to be special for me. Uh, a lot of people in this room understand. Uh, El Diablo, Kane Ostis who joined us from the last place we were at, uh, was my uh, equipment uh, student equipment manager at the University of Florida when I was the DC. Um, so he and I really, really close. This time a year ago. Uh, You know, he came down with emergency onset leukemia, was in a coma for over a month, and uh, so he did not go through one game uh, last year with us. He was in a coma going into the first game and uh, has recovered and is, you know, really strong and all those things, but he's with us now um, as a Georgia Tech employee. So just personally for me, when I walk out on that, uh, onto the sideline and there's El Diablo, and he hands me my cough drops and my whistle, and we get ready to play. Um, you know, selfishly, it's going to be a special moment for me just to have him. Uh, bat Bar side, and I know Coach Sinagra and Morpheus um, feel the same way. But just a little aside right there, just um, how personally special that moment's going to be for me. So, with that, all open questions.
0: Questions, if you could, please raise your hand. Got a microphone for questions. Thank you the team has practiced hard from day one, but as you get closer to the game, have you noticed any difference in the way they're practicing?
1: No, I think they've done a great job. Everything that we do, we're a culture built on effort. Um, we use the catapult systems every day to monitor the exact metric of how every player in our program is performing, and uh, they've done a great job every single day is a little bit better understanding how we do things. Um, Ryan Horton, in real time, uh, every single day is telling me what our number is. So uh, today uh, we cut out I think probably eight plays from practice where we went good on good to make sure we didn't go over our number. And uh, we have a chronic threshold that we're trying to stay below at all times, and each day is a little bit different. Um, and the guys have they bought into it. Um, They go see Ryan every single day to find out what their number was for each day for their uh, player load, for their top speed, for the number of sprints, all of those things. Um, So they're well-versed, and these are uh, Georgia Tech students, so they understand the data. And, uh, you know, they've just bought into how we do things and that I will take care of them to make sure we're hitting the number. So those guys just cut it loose and practice as hard as they can because there's a trust factor that goes along with it. When I know we're at the number that we need to be at, I'll shut it down or I'll move on to the next period. And I think that kind of trust and the guys just playing as absolute hard as they can uh, has been really special.
0: Coach, obviously knocking the rest off is a major issue when you go play your first game. and You got to see that a little bit on Saturday last night with the the games for college football and the rest. Is it – in terms of playing a team like Clemson out of the gate, I imagine that's something you really – Kind of focus on with your team and making sure that they don't have those mental lapses and the the self-inflicted penalties that you see out of the game Kind of what
1: do you do to, to keep that from happening? Uh, so the, the interesting part is it is um, not necessarily rust, but there's 11 years of you know playing in one type of system, and now we've been on a nine-month uh, I don't call it overhaul, but just a nine-month transition from one type of system to another, and every single day is a new day to get better um, and then get better at every single phase of who we are, fundamentals, technique, scheme. It's always a brand new experience. Um, that's why we've stuck to our processes and taught them our processes uh, throughout um, so they get better every single day. But the things that stood out to me just from last night or yesterday watching football, uh, tackling, right, tackling was it was paramount. Um, and it was obvious that we need to make sure we're tackling running to the ball and playing against elite players. You've got to be able to do that at a high level. Um, Offensively breaking tackles, second, third efforts uh, to get away from tackles, uh, protecting the football, and then conversely on defense, getting the football and forcing takeaways and uh, those things. Situational awareness. You just watch throughout the day yesterday, uh, understanding the situations, and we've spent an inordinate amount of time on situational football since we've been here. Um, Every single day we throw a new situation at them so they can handle it. And then effort, energy, those kind of things, regardless of the moment, regardless of the situation, regardless of the crowd, external factors playing with unbelievable effort, unbelievable energy. Um, I just thought those four things – stood out just watching I mean all levels of football yesterday was on and uh, I think those are some of the key takeaways that you know we to our guys about it today as well. I asked chat about this the other day and I wanted to get your thoughts and perspective on it as well. This transition is
0: really unlike much of anything else going on in college football right now. So when you look at that and you look at what you have gone through as an organization, looking at your personal journey, how has this coaching job define
1: you and how has it challenged you and shaped you into kind of who you are right now? Sure. Uh, the, the thing that we've done is I don't think it ever should be about me. Um, it's always about these young men and what they have done and how they've embraced this coaching staff has been nothing short of special. Um, they've done an unbelievable job just buying in. Uh, we do a lot of hard things um, but the guys have embraced it. They've attacked it. Um, the, the trust factor Knowing that our coaches care about them and truly want what's best for them and their futures, whether it be football or in life, Um, I think that transcends every single thing that we do. Um, I just think the buy-in factor, uh, the way they relentlessly attack everything, and uh, just they're, they're fun to be around. You walk into the building. And they're excited. All the new things that we throw at them, they're excited. And uh, you know, so I'm just excited to go out the tunnel with them on Thursday night and you know represent them and knowing they're representing this great institution uh, as well.
0: Coach Thacker, talk a little bit about how he was pleased with some of the depth that's been developed in the front four. Yep. Um, and he's, you know, given him some flexibility now up front. What
1: what, what have you seen there? Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought that the development at that position, the D-line position, Coach Knight, Coach Marco Coleman, I think they've done a great job. Those guys have completely transformed their bodies, their movement styles, their strength levels, and uh, we're able to rotate in, you know, four, five, six D-tackles throughout the game. If we're able to rotate in four, five, six defensive ends throughout the game. That gives you a chance on any college football Thursday or Saturday or whenever we play um, to have success because that is the position um, that's got to play at a high level, especially when you get against spread tempo teams. They're going to push the pace and wear the big guys down. If we're able to rotate those guys in, uh, you know that gives us a lot of flexibility, and we we uh, we've been able to develop that. At the end of spring ball, so we do, uh, Coach Horton does, and I know I talk a lot of data and metrics, but um, Coach Horton does a uh, thing for us as coaches, effort above replacement. And so what that is is here's the effort at this position, and for us to replace him, here's the differential that you're going to lose by playing this guy. Well, in the spring, that differential was here, and it was one guy here and then three or four here and then another group here. Right now at the D-line position, that effort above replacement is here. So with that, the guys are competing and they're playing really hard so that when you can roll different guys in, they're still going to play hard and there's not going to be that drop-off, which is, which is really exciting for us.
0: Um, National Networks has Clemson as the 36-point favorite. Okay. Do you kind of embrace that underdog role? And also, what would it mean to beat the top team in the nation in the first
1: game? Yeah. <laughs> um, Great deal of respect for Clemson, great deal of respect for their players and their coaches, but we don't worry about any of that. All we worry about is us, and the people that will come here every single week are going to get bored of this answer, but it's completely true. Um, I don't know other than putting up what they do schematically um, and what they do schematically on offense-defense. Here's their blitz patterns. Here's what they do offensively, offensively as far as formations and concepts. That's what we talk about. We don't really talk about our opponent much. We have a great deal of respect. Um, we understand, you know, what, what great job they've done with players and with coaches and recruiting all those things. But we have to worry about us because this has been a complete transformation of a football program unlike a lot that have happened in a long time. And so we're just completely focused every day on being a culture that's built on effort and our guys playing ridiculously hard competition is king whether we're playing pool in the players lounge or we're on national TV against a great team we are going to compete at every single thing that we do and we're going to be a family we're going to have bonds forged through shared adversity we're going to put them in stressful situations whether it be over there at practice or whether it be in a workout and they're going to come become closer together because of the stressful situations and opportunities for them to grow as a family and those things help you play at a high level, play really good football, and at the end if you play really good football and you play really hard and you compete things naturally take care of themselves so that's our complete focus I guess to that end
0: um, can you can me a sense of how well you think you guys are prepared and have-
1: I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, we've just been playing against each other, and uh, so it's you know, once we put the ball down, and you know, there's a really good team across from us, we'll kind of get an even better sense of um, you know who we are. Uh, but I'm excited about the way they play, the way they carry themselves, the way they prepare, um, they wear it, the way they are in the locker room, how they carry themselves off campus, uh, those kind of things. They give you. Um, you know, the optimism to be very confident just by how they carry themselves and how they prepare and how they practice and uh you know so
0: I guess you know you talk a lot about the team thing, but personally I imagine you you were here at the lowest of low positions on staff starting out and worked your way up to sure. various jobs and What's going to go through your head when you run on the field for the first
1: time as the head coach at Georgia Tech? Yeah, it's going to. I mean, it's it, it's going to be surreal. Um, but I think the you know I've already kind of done that. You know, I've been uh, you know there's been some firsts uh, as the Georgia Tech head football coach, which I've wanted to be for a long time. Uh, but once you develop real relationships. And we have true relationships with our players. There are real relationships, deep relationships with our staff members. Um, And I think that the the thing that's going to transcend all of that is just us being in the locker room together, us exiting the tunnel together and going to play somebody else. We've been doing all of these things internally, but now I'm going to be with my guys um, and going to play somebody else and I think that's the part that that I'm the most excited about is those men that I get to look in the eye every day and coach every day and have such a strong um, affection for, I get to be out there with them and compete with them, and uh, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about is just them as human beings and young men in this program that we truly care about and want what's best for them. Um, I think that's the thing I'm most excited about.
0: Coach, to follow that up, the last nine months you spoke to a minute ago, Fastest or the slowest
1: nine months of your career? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Um, there's been times that have just flown by, and I can't believe we're here now. And there's other times that can we finally play somebody else. Um, so it's a little bit of both, but I, I've, I've loved every minute of it. It's great being back home in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, so it's it's just I'm just fired up about it.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, we do. We do.
0: With the above the line, below the line format, it's very unique. Sure. You haven't picked a starting quarterback yet. But is that more of like during the week, you know, or is that literally a game-time decision, or is it more situational throughout the game? It's unique for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and it's different for every position the way we do it. Um, But the quarterback position, we have three unique athletes back there um, that all do three uh, different things. We have a base offense that we can run with all of them, um, but there are some specialized things. Uh, that we already have in the works to be used for each different guy. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. I don't want to say much more than that. Um, but the, the same thing uh, Kelly talked about, the D-line position. So there's different things that we're going to do schematically when we know this set of D-linemen is in. There are certain things we're going to do schematically when we have this set of safeties in. Um, and that's how we do things. And I've, we've done it for a long time. Um, I think it gives us an advantage in some ways um, because not only do you have to know are they in nickel, or are they in dime, or are they in base? But who those people are, and the same thing offensively, are they in 11 personnel, 20 personnel, 21 personnel? Then you have to add another layer. Who are those people that are at those positions? Because we've got a very, um, you know, unique set of running backs. We've got a unique set of quarterbacks that do different things. And uh, you've got to add layer upon layer to not only the personnel grouping, the down and distance, but who the people are that are out there at the time. So, um, I'm excited about it. A
0: couple more for Coach. You have the core of your coaching staff from Temple with sure. you here. Is, will that help you with communication during
1: the game? Uh, it will, um, but there. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of half and half. Um, but the guys that we have, we've practiced these things. The the two scrimmages that we had. We had them position, we had headsets so we could practice the lines of communication. We go over in detail exactly how the, the speaking guidelines are on the headsets for each situation. And the same thing on special teams as well. Um, we'll have Pop Jeff Popovich on the field, Chris hand up in the box, so they're able to manage the special teams communication as well. Um, so the communication piece, you know, is good, but it's still on game day it, you know, ratchets it up. Uh, another level, but I think it is it is helpful, but we do throw in some guys that weren't with us the last two years
0: Any more for coach Collins? I guess I'm I imagine one of the big things you're curious about and having seen this team is what happens when adversity strikes and how they respond and I I imagine that's kind of one thing that keeps a coach up at night and Aaron, what do you expect to see when your team gets
1: punched in the face just eventually? So the same thing is we prepare for that and we talk about that. Um, half of the meeting today was about that when the team meeting and uh, staying together and all those things. And we practice it. Uh, we practice our sideline organization. In the two scrimmages, we had it split as such so that whenever – one group of offenses on the field, the other group of offenses on the sideline, they're practicing how we do our sideline communication on the game. So when you watch us play, a lot of places the offense will come off the field, they'll get some quick corrections, and then they're left to their own devices for the rest of the series. If you guys take a sneak peek and look at our sidelines, there should not be a time where our coaches are not actively engaged with our guys. And that's different from a lot of places and it took us, we had to do it three times to get it worked out in different scrimmages, um, but now they get a feel for it. We talk through the possibilities. We talk through different things schematically we're going to do. Um, we talk about things that the opponent could do or that the opponent is setting up, and so we want to grab their attention the entire time. We went to Mercedes-Benz, that big ring that's on the top of the stadium. We had things playing on that, and we had to draw their attention the whole time. There's going to be a lot of extra things happening Thursday night. Our guys got to stay in the moment, to keep communicating, talking to their coaches, coaches talking to the players and players talking to each other, and do that at a really high level.
0: Anything else? Okay, thank you. Coach. Thanks, guys. Thank you.